0: Okay, yeah. sorry guys. Well, I wanna first um, say for those of you like Karis and Michael and Morgan and me who could not be here last Saturday, um, and I know some who weren't here listened to the message. God just spoke so simply and clearly through Tommy um, and as a recap for those who didn't hear it God spoke through Tommy to lift up our soul to God and to come kneel at his feet um, there were so many things that you said, Tommy, that like confirmed years and years of what God has specifically spoken to this community. Um, things that are beyond what you could have known in uh, you and your family's brief tenure thus far. One of the things I don't know if you caught this, Tommy said, uh, "I imagine a room full of Marys and." One of the things I've continually spoken for years and years is being a little Mary people, a Mary band of misfits. Mary is unhappy, but really um, the life of Mary, both the mother of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, but specifically Mary of Bethany, that posture. That's absolutely been one of the key postures he's had this ministry in for years uh so but then also there was this tommy i thought you'd be encouraged by this and i thought everybody else would too as god has continued to just give so many clear confirmations that he's with us in these saturday night meetings he's he's weaving a thread he have been as i've been saying so increasingly so strategic um so tommy began his message citing psalm 25 and that's where to you oh lord to you O yahweh i lift up my soul and um he said i don't know where i'd be without psalm 25 in my life in recent weeks months i can't remember exactly the time period but when he said that i'm like man psalm 25 is right here in my heart and tommy you'll appreciate this from the guy's home church by the way guy's home church met uh Uncle Tim's on, uh, Thursday. Our next one is probably going to be at my house and we're looking for Thursday, February 1st, six 30 to eight 30, uh, six 30. We're just on our faces worshiping the Lord and seven, we start talking like bros, um, doing manly things that we don't want to say in front of the ladies cause we're men and you guys have had your own secrets for a long time. Anyway, God really showed up there at the meeting, and one of the things that the Lord put on my heart is he was um, bringing things from 2006 back in full circle. Well, it was 2006, and this is maybe more information that you want. In a trailer that I lived in, sorry, babe, on the toilet, yeah, I knew it, I knew it, I knew I'd get an Isaac laugh, yes, yes, yes. That perfect. On the toilet, God pierced my heart, and it was actually before, it was the morning I was going in to substitute teach at the Jessamine County Schools, a little foretaste of what was to come in my life. This is 2006, and the Lord spoke Psalm 25, and I got my heart pierced, and specifically this verse, who is the man? Who is the human being who fears the Lord? And that question has haunted me in a holy way a holy haunting ever since like who, who is the man i used to think it was me but like there's i mean yes i do but i'm like i don't you know i want to lord i want to revere you rightly i want to like submit my life to you but man i i'm not that good at it <clears throat> whereas it used to be my whole identity. So all this relating back to Tommy in 2006 and all that, Psalm 25 is where his heart had been. It's where he spoke to us from. Well, today, Tony, um, my engineer, and I, my engineer slash producer, we gathered to record for the first time in weeks, maybe a couple months. And long story short, the first time in years we've had such a hard time recording. We can like blow through. We'll sometimes put out an excellent Song like ready to go in forty five minutes. Sometimes thirty minutes. We've even done it in twenty minutes. Well, we spent two hours and got through one verse today. It was like so, ugh. and there was all kinds of technical mic issues and all that stuff. And I, I was not feeling that great. And he wasn't. He was mad about the technical stuff because that's what engineers do. You get mad when the things aren't working. Anyway, this is a new project I'm working on. Where I am doing a whole album with 12 or maybe 13 different Psalms. Like I focus one on Psalm 37, another one, Psalm 1 is, um, and I name these Psalms like the main verse or theme that God stuck out to me. But today was the song that we were just, we only made it through one verse of three. It was, Who is the man? And Psalm 25. So I was listening to Psalm 25, or I mean, we were trying to make the Psalm 25 song and just couldn't pull it off. And then uh, I finally got Tommy's message work, which I had to keep. I've never had a podcast message take that long. Finally, it came, and he's talking about Psalm 25. So let me tell you, a guy that's speaking to us, he's speaking Psalm 25. He's looking for a little uh, human being, a group of human beings like us. And uh, I think th- those... I think I'm learning this. I think this is correct. That when he says, Who is the one who fears the Lord? I think, I think this is getting close to that answer. The one who's like, Man, I can't fear you and love you like I want to. I think that's like the beginning of that being that person. I hope. <laughs> if not, I'm. Somebody's going to have to carry me on a stretcher and bring me along to the fear of the Lord. <clears throat> all right. Did I need to say anything else? Oh, I had a quick confession to make. You all know sometimes I have to make confessions. Usually they sit around uh, my my uh, transgressions, my falling uh, to being able to love my wife and having a bad attitude and stuff like that. Well, it does have to do with Caris, but I must confess I was getting ready for the prayer meeting. It was like 3.30 on the dot, and Karis had been working on this like all-in-one, her mom's recipe casserole. It has all the different kinds of foods in it, carbs, veggies, protein, amazing, homemade. And all I had to do, she's like, honey, I'm going to get ready and going to take a shower and whatnot. She's like, just take the lid off, and I stopped what I was doing to make sure I was zoned in and listening because I am a man and I am a husband and you guys know what we do and don't do. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm listening. I'm going to get this. And she's like, take the lid off, put it into the oven. She already has it on 350. She says, put it onto the top rack. I even heard it. I'm looking at her in the casserole. Like, all attention. And um, and then I watched, she does yet another step. She's like, go ahead, and she takes the lid off, so it's just the no longer Tupperware lid, but the foil. So she like, basically all I had to do, eh, eh, eh. and I was like, okay, I'm going to cover my bases. I mean, it's 3.30, 3.40, I can do that. I'm sitting right here. I'm not even moving from the kitchen. I'm like sitting right in front of the oven and, and I was like, no, I'm going to double, triple, quadruple cover my bases. I'm just going to set my timer. Like, I'm setting my timer. So at 3.40, the timer goes off. And I take the casserole, top rack, done, perfect, go outside. Didn't realize it would take that long for me to chink and clean off the, the, the pre-pre, the Prius to get here. I did it uh, a little bit late to prayer meeting. It's usual for me. On the way to the prayer meeting, I get a call from Karis. She's devastated. Now she and Zion basically didn't even have lunch today, and Zion was playing for hours in the zero-degree temperatures, going so hard. She came in right before I was leaving. She's like, "Dad, I'm so hungry." And so, you know, they were going to be all fixed up to have their lunch/slash supper, you know, to get them through this meeting. Karis calls me devastated. And I won't tell you the language she was using. No, I'm just kidding. She, she does not do that. Um, but she was devastated. Honey, you put you put the casserole in the refrigerator. And I was like, dang! I missed. The refrigerator's to the left of the oven. (laughs) Like, she was so hungry and she was going to be ready for her. She had done everything. Okay. I just wanted to tell that as a fun story, but it's coming to my mind right now. It's like, that I feel, like, yes, it's funny. Um, That situation. It wasn't funny, actually, a little bit ago. I was profusely, like, apologizing, and I was very upset. Um, but I honestly feel like that's my life. Like, no kidding. If you can't relate to that, well, that, I, I don't. You just can't. Okay. But that feels like my life. Okay? The word sin means to miss the mark. An archery term. I feel like, and now also I want to be honest, I, I'm not out there like murdering people or committing like, you know, crazy transgressions all over the place. I'm talking about my hardness of I want my way. I'm like, I am, instead of going right and doing what I know to do, what I want to do, I really want I, mean, I really want, I do enough of that a lot. Can I at least do two things that are really important? Listen to my wife and do a an task, no matter what it is, and make sure she's not hangry. Hungry, angry. Can I, I want to do that. I want to be hot and burning with passion for Jesus and ready to go into the fire of his oven. And I'm like, nah, I'll be cool. I'm going to go left. I'm going to go my way instead of the right way. Totally, wasn't planning on preaching that, but it's true. And the Lord, I think, is in, in anointing this the, the humor and the lightheartedness of this situation, but consider the kindness and the severity of God. I am standing before you with in sincerity and like with a severe issue. This was actually on my heart to say to you too, and I guess they're blended together now. I before you, not trying to be holy or trying to be like self-deprecating. I'm trying to be authentic and honest and as best as I can tell, sensitive to God's spirit before you guys. The scripture says, I will proclaim your name in the assembly, God. Here is the name of Jesus in my life. I am really at the core of me, resisting the Spirit of Jesus. And it is freaking me out to the point where I'm like, I really thought I had a destiny. I still do. I rebuke the lie. But I'm like, what am I even here for? Like, first it was a human, and then what am I doing helping a flock and overseeing a flock? And I don't feel like it's like, well, you need removal for this or that. I pray it doesn't come to that. In Jesus' name, it won't. But I just want to be honest. If you find yourself in some difficulty with yourself, like, my goodness. I don't know what to do with me. But, try not to think about it too much, even though, like David said, my sin is all around me. Uh, I just looked at Him. Please, could, could anything... If you do a miracle, that's like my only hope. My only hope is, like, anything is possible with you. Nothing is impossible. Like, if that's true, then yay. Otherwise, like, I can't stop doing my way. I'm my own God. That's my heart. But you said you're greater than my heart. So will you please... Be that and do that. Anyway, I'm just kind of like wanting to let you know where I'm at. Like, I'm like, do I really want the Lord or, or do I, has my way up to this point been like, well, I'll just be the most sold out and submitted. Cause right now I'm like, man, I need you to help me want your will. Cause I'm like a God right now. I want my way. I want Travis, Rockhart. I want my way. And I don't want to want that. But I'm here and I'm not just like, Oh, I had a bad day and didn't really feel like I was walking in the spirit. I'm like, I, I am like face to face with the spirit saying, Oh, yeah, this is my way. And that's freaky and painful and scary when you got, all right, that being said, we are on the last Saturday of our fast. And we're going to look to God tonight in a special part of His heart for His people who He will never change His mind about. Who are not just the New Covenant believers, though we have been grafted into Israel. They are a real ethnic, locational people. The people of Israel, that's part of what this fast is for. Naomi has a deep heart for the people of Israel, and she's going to just throw some darts at all of us, and particularly the kids. So kids, come on down. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Jagger's rolling deep. Colbert's rolling deep Yeah. Life, Jacob. He's like, Mom's going to teach. All right, I'm going to be a kid with you guys. And I'm also going to be like, if you try to misbehave for Miss Naomi, I will, oh man, you don't want to see it.
1: Hi. (laughs) So tonight, I have a question for you before we start. Well, as we start. And what can you tell me what a promise is? go ahead. A um, promise is when you tell someone that you
2: will do something and you tell them that you will definitely definitely definitely
1: do it. Anybody want to add anything to it? Um don't just say it, you actually mean it and like and um it's what's going to happen no matter what.
2: Um Pretty much what Zion said. I was just gonna say that. <laughs>
1: um something that you keep to your keep um you keep well you keep your word and you um do what you say. Like Yeah. So something you say that you'll do and that you actually do because you keep it. Yeah, and so what do you know about God's promises? It's kind of general, but Yeah, exactly. We're getting there. (laughs) Exactly the direction I'm going. (laughs) So, yeah. So, well, so Abraham, since you mentioned him, he is the father of Isaac, who's the father of Jacob. And with those three and then all their kids and all their kids, it's like the beginning of the story of Israel and the story of Jesus. And then in the end, like, are grafted into all of this as well. And God made a promise to Abraham, through his son Isaac, Paul, can you please come here? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, like, and like you said, he made a covenant, which is like a super promise. I mean, in the end, a promise is a promise. But a covenant is like a super promise. And he made it with Abraham through his son Isaac. And so I'm just going to read Genesis um, chapter 17 for the 8. And this is the covenant that he made with Abraham. As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. which is Abraham's grandson. And he says, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you, and I will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Again, God gives a promise, and he says, I will not leave you until I fulfill that promise, because I hold my word. That's what he says. So we see with these promises and what we know about promises and about covenant that the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which are Israel and the Jewish people, They have a very special spot in God's heart. And with that very special spot in God's heart, God also tells us, he gives us a promise to us. He says that, may those who curse you, Israel, be cursed, and those who bless you, Israel, be blessed. In other places of the Bible, God tells us to pray also for the peace of Jerusalem, which Jerusalem is the capital city of Israel that's the city of David and all those good Bible stories that we we will know and right now in Israel there's a war and so while this is going on I feel it's very important to remember God's heart for Israel for his people and to remember what he's telling us to do which is to bless his people, Jew, the Jewish people, and to also pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So, as we remember God's promises for them and for us, which are plenty in the rest of the Bible, too, <laughs> um, let's, we can break it off on God of Israel. Sounds good? <laughs> All right. And do you want to be loud or quiet? Loud? Okay, let's
3: go.
1: Yeah, it is. No. Too loud, Leon. <laughs> Sorry, Leon.
0: You're <laughs> brave. Thank you so much, Naomi. Kid time Karis, Tommy and Paul, Tommy and Nick. Karis, you want to come and do announcements?
3: Um, I announced them th- these things this week in the text, but Trav wants me to say them again. So, um, The number one one is that next week we won't be here. We will be at the potluck, the break, the fast potluck, um five o'clock so same time different place it'll be at the community center the callus what's it called the something what is it called the bob somebody right i just want it so they can look it up in their gps bob and ellen stamps thank you community house it's in callus village so here in wilmore at five o'clock, and I think we have it until eight, and it'll be really fun, especially for like the kid area, because it's all one area, but there is like room to run and play and stuff like that. So they'll have um, tables and chairs. we may need to do setup, and we'll need to put stuff back the way we found it when we leave. But so that'll be um, this coming Saturday, text me what you want to bring. That's mainly just because I'll often have people text and say, what do you still need? And then that's helpful to say, well, we still need everything. <laughs> so, and if you're fasting from food, a certain food item, then that'd be awesome if you wanted to bring that thing that you were fasting from. It'd be like extra hard your last few days if you bake the thing you're not allowed to eat. <laughs> um, okay, the second announcement was a rem- reminder that spring retreat is April 12th to 14th. And so go ahead and put that on your calendar so it's set apart that time. Um, I think that's it. Does anybody else have an announcement that needs to be made? Okay. Um, Did you want to maybe give an update on Julian?
0: Uh, John Edward, could you tell us an update on uh, Joey, please? I was just at his house. He, like can't even walk um like he tried crutches and it didn't work either so like he's literally just laying on the floor in his living room and his two sons just like running all over the place and it's just like wow so i was like hey let's get a pizza guys um like help me cook and joe was just like wiped out on the floor so just pray for joey to know what to do um, it's looking like surgery is going to be the route i mean you know but uh, that's up there on Joey, just any, you know, prayer, encouragement, support that you guys would have for him would we'll be greatly appreciated by being stand, Joey is, uh, he's been to retreats with us and, uh, oftentimes his work schedule, um, conflicts with our Saturday evening meetings. But, um, if it's in your heart and availability to help in any specific ways, um, he and I communicated earlier this week and, uh, I offered, you know, dude, let me know when you need help with the kids this weekend because he has the kids this weekend, uh, his two boys, Joey and Judah. Anyway, let's keep him in prayer. And if you have any availability to help, um, whether that's cooking a meal for Joey or helping entertain the, the two boys, um, also want to keep in mind and specifically mention the Penners, Trenton and Rachel and the three boys, Samuel, Phineas, and Zadok are in Mexico. It's looking like they are deciding to extend their time there. Uh, we rejoice because we believe that God is leading them. We have, personally, I have uh, pain and sorrow uh, to have to. Miss them and that for them not to be here. They're such a special part of us. Um, so keep them in prayer, please. And remember this fast was specifically about them. And I wondered, uh, Gloria, would you come up here on, on the mic and pray for uh, Trenton and Rachel? Just pray for the pinners. Let's join Gloria um, in extending our hearts to Trenton and Rachel and Samuel and Phineas and Zadok.
2: Jesus, we thank you for being here with us tonight, God, and I just pray that um, you would put the pinners on our hearts right now, God, um, and that we would gather together as one to lift them up to you, Jesus. Um, And so, Father, I pray that you would enter by the Spirit of God into their dwelling place, Lord. Um, I pray that you would just move in peace and rest over their family, Lord. Um, I pray that you would give each of their children security and safety, Lord, and just a feeling of comfort um, in where they are, Father, in Mexico. And Jesus, I pray that they um, would have such a fun time learning things with you while they're there, Lord. Um, and I know they do; they live like that, Father. But I just pray that this would be—I just like see their minds opening up so much, Lord. Um, Trenton and Rachel as well, Jesus and and their kids, God. And so we ask that, um, that they would just live in that fulfillment of learning with you while they're there, Father. And I even just pray that there would be so many um, times for them to be able to encourage the people that they're with there at the base to Jesus. Um, and I pray that they would be fully received by the people that they're around, God. Um, and Jesus, we love them. And I pray that they would feel our love for them from here god um and jesus we just thank you for their lives lord and um i pray that you'd continue to give them direction um whether it's just this short time of their extended stay or um just continued like even after that or just continue to give them direction and i know that you will i love you and we ask all this in jesus name amen
0: thank you gloria Alright, so um, I was talking to to Naomi before and uh, we had planned on her um, teaching the kids and, and us with a focus on Israel. And what was on my heart tonight was just to share a few things about Israel. I didn't feel like I had a specific message come to me. There were just some thoughts and I really... Felt As I spoke to Naomi, I felt that the Lord was just impressing upon me just to talk about His people, to talk about Israel, and that He was going to direct it. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start with three little elements uh, that can be found in Romans 9, 10, and 11. Um, I heard a Bible scholar, brilliant uh, British guy, once talking about the book of Romans. And he's like, you know, we use it a lot for New Testament theology um, regarding salvation, the Romans' road, and justification by faith. And he's like, absolutely, God um, has given it to us for that purpose. But he said if you really want to know like, the context of it, the whole point of it, he said, is Paul was writing to these Romans... And his, his point in the message was, hey, guys, this is all the blessings you have in God through Christ Jesus. And don't look down on the Jewish people who it came from, because one of the main purposes for you to have all these blessings is to give to them something that would pull them in. So his whole purpose was like, You guys have all this in Christ. I'm so happy. I want to come see you. I've been praying for you. And look at all this has happened. Now the point of what I'm saying is this. (laughs) Don't you dare look down on the people of Israel or think you're better than them or forget them or not understand that one of the main purposes I brought you into me is so I could bring them back to me. So, Romans 9, 10, 11, he's kind of getting to that point, and then after that, he kind of closes things up. But in Romans 9, Paul says, and I just wanted us to get a picture of of this from the Spirit of God. Paul says, I have deep sorrow in unceasing anguish. Listen to those words. I have deep sorrow in unceasing anguish because I want my countrymen, my people of Israel, to have the blessings to come in to knowing God. And then he says one of the most audacious things of the whole Bible. And that's an audacious statement for me to make, but I'll submit it to you and see what you think. And he prefaces this like with some pretty sincere like, confirmation that what he's saying is really what he's saying. What, he's be- what he believes. He says, I tell the truth. My, in my conscience, in the Holy Spirit, here really is the truth. I have deep sorrow and unceasing anguish on behalf of my people Israel. So much so that I would wish myself accursed from Christ and cut off forever if that meant my people Israel could come in. That is love. In a, at a level that is hard to comprehend. Paul was probably, besides Jesus and, you know, John was up there too, probably the person who best understood, not just intellectually, although he's an intellectual giant too, but in his heart, he knew the great value of being pulled into Jesus and to the promises of God. He knew that that was not just the best thing. That was the only thing. He said, to live is Christ. That is the whole thing. He's like, I just want to be with him. That's, that's everything to me. And he's the one who knew that reality better than ever. He, er, better than anyone. He knew reality. And he said, I'd prefer to be cut off from that forever if I could bring some of my people in. Like that is love. And I will not stop believing that we will have a heart like Paul. That God will put that into us. We'll have so much love for people. We'll be like, all right, you know, it's the antithesis of self, of self-love. And we are, I submit to you, we are at the most Self loving point in human history. I mean, self love is nothing new, you know, throughout existence since the fall. But we are at the deepest and darkest that we have been. And Paul even said, Look, I see ahead and people are going to be lovers of themselves. And I shared earlier my own issue with that. But I believe God's going to do a miracle. He's going to give us a heart like Paul. All right, but the first point of that is that is a peek into God's heart. He's like, I am so about this thing. I shared with my servant Paul and he felt the burning desire I have for Israel. He felt it so strong. He's like, I, I, God, I, I, I have to say this because this, this is what you've done to me. I'd rather be cut off from you. Don't hurt me, but that's what you made me say and think and be believe. I'd rather be cut off from you if I could get them in because it's so important to you. Like that's intense. All right. And then on to the Romans 10, he's like, look. This is my one desire. Well, he didn't say my one. I don't want to put words in his mouth and in the scripture. He said, this is my earnest desire and my prayer. He's like, this is the thing that's in my heart and it's coming out in my prayers that God would pull in Israel, that, that they would see and know who they are and who he is. And then in Romans 11, he's like, starts it off. He's like, look, look, look. Do you think God rejected his people Israel just because they were the ones who murdered him and they rejected him when he came? Do you think that? Do you think he changed his mind? He said, and then Paul's like, well, you know, rhetorical question. I'm going to answer it. He's like, absolutely not. Or some translation, translations, by no means. No way. No way did he reject his people or change his mind or throw his hands up and say, well... I guess I can't really uh, go on with the Israel plan. That goes against his heart of agape and his glorious majesty and his wisdom to pull off the impossible. Oh, uh, I guess I didn't really figure that, that they'd get really hard-hearted and Satan would pull the blinds over their eyes. guess I have to choose a different nation. Or, or maybe they're just not going to be that special, I guess. God is not dumb. Or, I could do it, I'm so wise and smart. My chest move, I could throw off the enemy's plan and I could pull these people back in, but you know what, they just tick me off. I'm done with them. I'm brilliant enough to pull it off, but my heart is not agape. I never said that I am liquid lava love. I never said that I am agape, so be done with you. You killed my son, now I kill you. No. Those are non-examples. He's not boom, and he's not callous and bitter and unforgiving. He's merciful. So this this subject of Israel, it's not even just about the people. It's about God. It's about him saying, this is who I am. I'm the smart one, the wise one. that's why Paul ends Romans 11 saying, oh my God. The depths and the riches of the wisdom and the glory of the knowledge of God. He's like drunk on God's smartness and like his brilliance and his out-of-the-box plan for this little nation. It's like he's beyond figuring out that he chose this little people and he's going to do this stuff and his plan is to make the other people have something so good that these people, the original people, get jealous and say, we want that too. So, Romans 9, 10, 11. Go read it if uh, anything I've said has either been problematic or encouraging. Either one. But you don't have to. uh, You know, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But uh, see what you think if you don't think Israel's that important. Read 9, 10, 11. Then we can discuss things. And if you want to get further blessed, read that too. But the main point of what I just said is God's like, you want to see peace in my heart? See my Israel tattoo? Ain't no removal of that thing. That thing stays. You want me to give you the tattoo too? Because I want you to have the tattoo. But you got to open your heart to me. And yo, if you're hardening your heart to this, like, like, yo, (laughs) consider the severity of God sternness of God. You know what I'm saying? Don't. Because this is not even about, oh, the Jews are annoying, or ah, Israel is not that important. He's, this is directly face-to-face with God. This is just what He's chosen to do. I told this to Naomi as well, and she had a similar thing. I have been... I believe God wants the whole body of Christ, all of His people, to understand at least to a degree his beating heart for Israel. That we, He wants all of us to have an acknowledgement of their precious purpose in God's eyes and a love for them. At, at minimum. I believe he wants that for everyone. I believe he has certain ministries and certain individuals who he turns up the heat that they have a special anointing to help. Outside of myself, he did that to me. But I said to Naomi, I said, it's been since 2006, but there's another thing 18 years that God has like, made it clear to me, son, Israel, son, Israel. Before I even knew any of like, the, the theology of it or anything, I had no idea about Romans 9 through 11. I, but He was speaking to me. You, Israel, your future, your destiny, Israel. And He has continued to do that. But I'm here now in 2024 with probably the most intense uh, news events of Israel in my life. What's recently happened with them. And I'm like, okay, Lord, in this specific conflict, but not just this thing, how do you want me to respond to israel how do you how do you want me to love them how do you want if you've got this specific purpose with me and israel and i insisted on it when we began this ministry i said look this is one of the things i didn't come in with a lot of like things that i'm like i know this is where we're going to go it was like the main thing was like let's just host god because that's what he wants and i think there's going to be a lot of music involved and i want us to serve and give to israel I don't know the exact mind he has for Travis, Span, for dwelling ministries regarding Israel, but I think he wants us right now just to have our mind awakened to his mind that he's like, "I, I got something to say to you." So I don't think we have to have it figured out because I've had this for almost 20 years put into my heart, and I don't know exactly where I'm at. It's like, as what to do So?" If you come away with this, just like a scratching your head, hmm, maybe I should think about Israel a little bit more. You know what? Maybe I should think about Israel. Maybe I should, huh? you know what? Maybe I should like Israel a little bit. Then, good, success. Okay, we'll start there. I, I kind of want to be uh, done early tonight, but not before I share a couple Israel stories. 2005, less than a year into walking with God, I had not had any prophetic dreams yet. Um, I had no idea that that would be such a huge part of my life. Although, little news flash, in recent years, I have been in a severe drought of prophetic dreams. It's weird. The longest, for years, longest dreamlessness. Not that there's been none, but it's been a severe drought. Anyway, before anything ever started, I had this dream, still one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had with the Lord, waking or awake or asleep, okay? I've had a couple dreams that have been some of my most powerful times of existence as a human, as far as I can tell. And this was one of them. In the dream, it was like probably 1.5 seconds, but it was still one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had in my life, right? And in the dream, I am... In the land of Israel, there's sand. Uh, so it's like kind of like a desert. And I am in this lean-to shelter, which I had no idea about Sukkot or uh, any, anything about tabernacle, anything like that. I didn't even know that Israel was anything except that's where like David fought Goliath and Jesus, I think, died over there. I didn't know anything like that. Or it's certainly that it didn't have any relevance to today. But in the dream... It was like more than a dream. I was there, and there were some other people, and I was coming out of this lean to, and it's like the, the sensation was like how I felt when I was eight years old and I was running through the forest. Like even as much as an athletic junkie as I always was, and that there was nothing quite like bounding through the forest and like following a river with my brothers not even a river, like a little stream. It was the thrill of like, I'm alive, I'm a boy, I'm exploring. And like joy, like bursting out of my ears. Like everything but levitation, okay? And maybe I did levitate and just didn't realize it because I was just a boy having fun. I was feeling that, but I was an adult in the dream. And it was at night, and I came out, and I knew, I felt the significance of the moment. I felt like this is what I'm alive for. And man, it feels good, but it's also really serious, but whoa, clean, crisp air, the night air, perfect temperature. And I came out, and I looked, and the stars were falling from the sky. And I, I now that God has rocked my world in so many different ways, where I don't even know much of what's going on right I'm I'm talking to you right now I think okay that's just a little too much to go into right there so he has challenged my view of my existence and 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 reality and everything and the way he moves but I always had the feeling because it was so strong that God actually took me to the future in that night that it wasn't just like um, something like this might happen It, it felt like Like God's like, yeah, I'm gonna move you forward a few decades just for a brief moment. I mean, God can do that easily. Okay. Anyway, so Israel on my radar. Didn't think about it. I didn't like. I had didn't have the like prophetic uh, journal like or like. Yo, dude, God just gave me a deep dream. I need to process that. What's the revelation? I didn't have any of that. I I just I was like, wow, that's crazy. Israel and stars dropping. That feeling was amazing. All right, well, let's go play basketball in, on the college team, and I'm going to keep reading the Bible. And that was great for where I was at. And there's this new, amazing, short person that is the best human I've ever met. I'm going to get to know her for the rest of my life. The, that was my, all on my radar. Israel. And then a year later, in 2006, I go to a chapel service at Hughes Auditorium, and this guy comes, uh, David from Jews for Jesus. And he speaks, and the Lord just put something in my heart, and I went and bought his book afterwards. Just this little book. I can't even remember the title, but it was just like about Israel's importance. And I took the book, and I was like, huh. And I went out. It was like April, uh, near the end of the school year. I went out on the uh, semicircle green over there, just right there, and I was like reading the book. It was a perfect spring day. I was like, huh, God thinks Israel's important. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I, I don't know if I did, but I, at some point, so I'm like, wait a second, I had an amazing experience and it was Israel. Like, okay, maybe it's, there's more to this than just what happened there. Anyway, so <laughs> it's a funny story, okay? I'm sitting there reading it. And this dude comes walking, sunglasses on, dark shades. He's walking. He's got a uh, like a hat, like Davy. I call him toboggans. My wife's like, "That's a sled," but we call him toboggans, beanies, whatever. Connor cap. Anyway, he's like sunglasses and a cap on, and he's just kind of wandering, meanderingly, and he's dressed kind of like. This is not a politically correct term, but hobo. Okay, it's it's like not necessarily a person who's homeless uh, but like you know just like a like somebody who's walking on the train tracks or something he's like just meandering and he walks like kind of like like i couldn't tell his eyes were hidden he's kind of like and he comes up to me and i'm just sitting under one of the huge oak trees he's like what are you reading i'm like uh it's a book about israel um there's just a guy who spoke about Israel and man, my heart is like really touched. I'm I'm wondering if I need to go talk to this guy about Israel. He's like, no, you don't need to. And I was like, oh really? He's like, yeah, Israel, you'll be there soon. God will have you there soon. You'll be in the land. And I was like, oh really? He's like, yeah. And he just waited for a little bit. I'm like, Say all right, man. Have a good day. Just walks off. That was that. That was April, December thirty-first of two thousand six. I was on a plane to Israel. My whole trip paid for. Going to take a three-week history and geography of the Holy Land course where we stayed at Jerusalem University Bible College and went around to all the sites with uh, an expert in the land seen through the lens of a New Testament believer. It was crazy. Okay, So God continued to affirm His call for me to get His heart on Israel. And that trip, uh, I can't go into uh, the details of what happened there, but long story short... God marked me forever. I showed up there and started doing unwise spiritual boasting and what I thought was like right to do, calling down territorial spirits. And basically, in my immaturity, but not in like evil intentions. But in my immaturity, I was doing what God instructs us not to do in the book of Jude. I was slandering celestial beings. And because Jude says in there, not even the archangel Michael tried to like take on Satan himself. He said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, the Lord. And I was like, the Lord's with me, so Satan, you have to take your hands off this. Oh, you wicked spirits here. Listen, I'm like literally saying this out loud on the roof of Jerusalem, a Jerusalem Jerusalem University Bible College overlooking the ancient city. La, la, um, Travis is here, the anointed of the Lord. And that trip was one of the more difficult physical experiences. I got so sick that I couldn't even... Know what it was. A, a lot of our group got sick. I was sick for weeks and couldn't eat or use the bathroom. And I, it was terrible. Um, but in the midst of that, there were, I could barely move. We would go to the sites and I'd just like get off the bus. Just, uh, my brain was in a fog. But God met me over there. And the stuff has stuck with me. And it's funny um, because. That was the first night we got there. I mean, I didn't waste any time. I'm like, all right, I'm on the most, I'm on the bullseye or the, the crosshairs of the entire planet. The, the place where Jesus bled his blood and bought humanity and the place where he's going to return and split the eastern sky. I'm here. This is Satan's main, like, warfare place. All right, I'm going straight. I'm like, I'm ready to take, look, I'm with the Lord and the Lord is with me. So we're going to go at this with full throttle. I'm like right here. At point blank or zero ground ground zero, I'm like we're going at it. So I did that, and uh, I think it was like two or three days later when we were touring the city and on the Via della Rosa, the the road of suffering where Jesus walked carrying his cross and his 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 way of suffering, very appropriately and I think prophetically. Um, although Jesus was innocent, and I'm not innocent, um, right there, all of a sudden, I start vomiting really bad. Oh, as I'm walking, I'm like... And from that point on, for three weeks, I mean, it's like minus like the first couple days, I was terribly ill. And we had bathrooms that were outside, so I have to get up. And like January in uh, Israel, just so you know, it's very cold. Like we had snow and stuff. And so I'd have to get out there and like do sometimes both like, you know, things to the toilet in while the wind is blowing on me on the toilet. I'm like, and I had no Karis and no Shelly span my mom, who would like bring me soup and crap. I'm just like, ugh. But I'm here, I made it. And it's interesting because that was also a sign of what was ahead of my life. So we're now at the, uh, that was January of 2007 and we're January 24th, so 17 years. And man, a lot of the 17 years has been like that Israel trip, has been like that, Via Dolorosa. Um, but there's been joy and, and here I am, here we are. So for his people who are suffering in Israel, for Israel, the nation, um, and for the purpose they represent for the place in God's heart, that they represent. I pray that he just puts that in us. And and that's my petition tonight. Lord, will you put in us? The heart that you gave Paul, I mean, he had his own specific purpose. Naomi, would you come up here? Because she's wearing the perfect sweatshirt tonight, too. Yeah, bring little life, but make sure they can see your sweatshirt. I love Paul, and um, besides Jesus, Paul is the most famous Hebrew of existence. I would say it's pretty famous, at least Jewish uh, New Testament dude. Um, And I believe as a sign, as a prophetic sign, and she's the one who shared tonight, she has personal ties to the land of Israel, that I pray that God would give us a Paul heart, that He would give us a Paul heart, and He would give us a Paul eye, like we would see God's heart, and we would see the people of Israel like Paul did, and... I pray that he would stamp on us and I love Paul and the Jews. I love Paul and his people. I pray that he would do that. So Father, in Jesus' name, Naomi and I stand before you with little Leif Jacob, the mighty Viking, and we stand before you as one people with dwelling. And we say we agree with your heart for Israel and we don't hardly understand any of it Other than you have a heart for them and you want us to. But Lord, we say, give us the Paul heart for your people. Give us the Paul eye to see them as you see them. And Lord, give us the heart that you have that says, oh, how I love Paul and the Jews. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, I think we're done I could tell you all kinds of other Israel stories but uh that's good for now love you guys and the next time we see one another we will be feasting